Hey everyone, welcome to the Natural Birth Talk and welcome to the last episode of our Natural Birth Setting Series. Today we are talking with Nicole Dimitres about unassisted childbirth. Here's a sneak peek, so stick around. Just all around making sure that the choices I was making were really going to be safe for me and baby. Yeah. Uh, and everything turned out great. That's awesome. And you've had a couple <laughs> unassisted birds now. Yes. Hi, I'm Rachel Manns, owner of The Natural Birth Site and this podcast, The Natural Birth Talk. Here, you'll learn all about different natural aspects of birth, pregnancy, and postpartum. Remember, none of this information should take the place of a care provider and is not medical advice. Birth is not a medical emergency. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome to the Natural Birth Talk. I'm Rachel and today I'm here with Nicole Dimitris and we are going to talk about unassisted or free birth, but first I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Nicole. I am the owner of St. Louis Postpartum and I'm a mom of seven. And after a couple of hospital births, I decided to not only bring birth home, but we chose to go unassisted. And what is an unassisted birth. This is an option for anyone. It is legal in all 50 states, but what is it? So there's a little conflict that you'll get talking to different people, but the general consensus is that unassisted birth is going to be without a medical attendant at the birth. Some people go as far to say that it includes not having professional labor support, doulas. Okay. Some people go as far as saying, like some of us choose to have shadow care with a midwife or even an OB, but mm -hmm. some people say that's completely out of the question. So you'll get a little variance, but the gist of it is birth without a medical team. Okay. And so another term for unassisted birth is free birth. That one just gets kind of confusing because of the word free can mean so many things. So I don't use it that much. And I think there's another term for it too, that I'm not thinking of right now. Wild birth. Wild birth. Okay. That was probably the one I was thinking of. So why would you choose or why would anyone choose to not have a medical team at their birth? For some people, the choice comes after negative experiences with medical professionals. And then some people also choose it as their first birth outcome. They decide that the statistics, the reviews, the experiences that they're collecting from either official reports or from other people that they know or people they don't know on the internet, they take all that data and they decide that unassisted birth is a better way for them to intuitively go through their own pregnancy and birthing process without the option for others interjecting negative experiences in. I love that you used the word intuitively because that is what birth is. Birth is a very intuitive process. It's a very wise process. Cultures all around the world still technically have free births. It's just the midwives, I put that in quotes, the midwives in their communities are just moms, you know, who have given birth several times and who have attended a lot of births. And that counts as a midwife. In our culture, someone like that would not count as a midwife. And if they were at your birth, they wouldn't be counted as part of a medical team, right? So that, you know, they use those as their midwives, but we would count that as non-medical support and it would be considered a free birth. So there is a lot of wisdom in birth itself. And so, like you said, some people just want to trust the process without someone intervening in it. Correct. 
And I think that works really well, especially for people who are very in tuned to their inner voice or their instincts. If they're very in tuned to their body, they can decide without all the medical equipment, they feel like they could decide if something was wrong they would know and they could take care of it. Like then they could go to the hospital if they wanted to, but they also trust that probably like 99% of the time, nothing's going to go wrong. Right. And that's intuitive. <laughs> yes. So that is just a couple of reasons. Someone might choose a an unassisted birth because they had a negative experience before, or they just trust their body in the process and believe intuitively that they can do it. And I'm sure there's probably someone who has a different reason somewhere. Maybe there's no good care providers in their area, or maybe that's just how they grew up learning. And that's what they thought it was, what birth is. But overall, anyway, I digress a little. There are lots of reasons to choose an unassisted or a free birth or a wild birth. I like that term a lot. And it's legal in all 50 states. So go ahead and tell me, how do you prepare for a birth like this? Is there any preparation that goes into this? Or is it just like flying by the seat of your pants? Oh, it'll happen when it happens. So for most people, there is a lot of preparation involved. For me personally, my third birth was our first free birth. Okay. And I did see the local hospital-based CNM for prenatal care. She was amazing. <laughs> my hospital experience with my second was not amazing. I'm sorry. And that was the point right after he was born. I looked at John and I was like, we're doing this at home next time. Mm-hmm. So come to find out midwifery wasn't legal in Illinois until just recently. So <laughs> home birth midwifery. Yeah. There's, so, yeah, there's a lot more to that, but anyway, right. yeah, um, we didn't have any options in our area. Correct. And we didn't up north either in the area I was in 10 to 12 years ago, we had a team of direct entry midwives, but they were about two hours away and I knew I had quick births Mm -hmm. and the frugal person that I am was thinking I'm not paying somebody to not make it. Right. So we're just doing this. (laughs) Hey, you want to hear something funny? Yes. I paid someone to not make it to my last birth. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it happens. But um, two hours away was too much of a gamble for me because I know how fast my births go. Mm -hmm. And it was an hour and 21 minutes from first contraction to her being in my arms. So crazy. uh, They wouldn't have made it anyway. Right. But yeah. So the process was a lot of information and educating myself. Mm -hmm. I was already a trained doula at that point. So I had a decent understanding of what was supposed to be happening and what was not supposed to happen. Okay. And after also having a hospital birth that was pretty heavy on the interventions, then my second birth was hospital-based with no interventions minus I let them break my water. Ah. But that was, that was it. So that part of it went well, but I started with what my fears or concerns would be Mm -hmm. and then researched the heck out of those decided where in this process would I feel like I needed to transfer to a hospital? What would constitute a true emergency for me Uh and research the heck out of those. All in all, I narrowed it down to like one or two things that I felt would be worthy of transferring to the hospital. And it it was lots of reading. And unfortunately at the time there weren't very many books out as well. So 
There was a lot of reaching out, trying to find other people who had had unassisted births or home births. I actually ordered a book on home birth that ended up, it was from the UK, I believe, and read the whole thing, really excited, thinking it was going to like be about unassisted birth. It wasn't the most helpful line in the entire book was, if the baby comes before someone arrives, catch it and keep it warm. And like that was. (laughs) the most helpful sentence in the entire book. Um, but that's, I mean, that's the basics <laughs> of it though. And I mean, I mean, really, yeah. Knowing what I know now. Yeah. That's really like you catch the baby, you put it on your chest and you throw a towel over you and you're good. So my friend, one of my friends who was planning a home birth, she, her husband is a police officer. He's in law enforcement and they had to take a a little like training on how to catch a baby if it happened. And so they took the training in this book and basically it said like, catch the baby, keep it warm. And then at the end of it, it said, congratulations, you just learned how to do a job an eight-year-old could do. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, I, that is no truer words have ever been said. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Hey everyone, Rachel Manns here, and today I have something I'm thrilled to share with you guys. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, that's a quarter, guys, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. Designed for new and expectant parents, as well as pregnancy and birth professionals, Informed Pregnancy Plus is like having a trusted BFF and doctor in one, guiding you through every step of the path to and through parenthood. A few of just my favorite titles are obviously The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, How Fun Is That?, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection, an extremely well-presented and informative workshop teaching you about your core and pelvic floor and how to keep them healthy. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Sign up for Informed Pregnancy Plus right now. I'm not kidding, guys. It's really going to help you out. It's my prescription for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. That's informedpregnancy.tv, and the link will be in the description below. Now back to the show. No, you're fine. But that was really like how... How it went. There was a lot of reading, a lot of research. Um, and, and at that point in time, you know, the internet was still much more of a toddler than what it is now. Yeah. It wasn't a baby, but it was still a toddler. So it was really hard to find the information I really wanted. But when you narrow down the terminology that you're trying to use, and when you make your list of complications and how to resolve those complications, what causes those complications, Mm -hmm. how often do they occur in hospitals? How often do they occur at home births? Mm -hmm. Once you like really pinpoint the things you're trying to find, it became a lot easier. And Mm -hmm. once all the research was said and done, it wasn't too difficult for my husband to see that I was well-educated on the subject, prepared to take responsibility for 
the positive outcomes as well as like choosing if we needed to transfer Mm -hmm. just all around making sure that the choices I was making were really going to be safe for me and baby. Yeah. Uh, And everything turned out great. That's awesome. And you've had a couple unassisted birds now. Yes. And I do want to add, I really like herbals free birth course. And that's, that's where I get, it's called the free birth course, which makes you think the birth course is free, but they actually mean unassisted. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why again, that free birth term can be a little confusing, but I love their unassisted birth course. I actually took it when I was pregnant with my third and I had a midwife and I was getting care and then that wasn't going well and I wasn't enjoying it. And then I had toyed with the idea of an unassisted birth because I'm a doula and I've been to 70 plus birds. I've been to a ton of birds and I knew I could do it. And I knew I had fast labors. And for me, the only reason, the only reason I ended up hiring a midwife was because I wanted the postpartum care that she offered. And that postpartum care is a whole different topic, right? Yeah. (laughs) But it kind of worked out in my favor. Cause like I said, I paid her and she didn't make it. So I had my unassisted birth that went beautifully and amazingly. And my nine-year-old and my husband caught the baby. And then 30 minutes later, my midwife showed up. But anyway, I felt completely prepared for it from being a doula and from taking herbals free birth course. And it is a great way to help prepare for an unassisted or a wild birth. If that is the way you want to go, or you can also do it like Nicole did with research and research and books and all of that as well. So there's lots of options on how to prepare, but you have to prepare. Yeah. I have seen some people say that they just went intuitively with the process Mm -hmm. and that works for some people. That Mm -hmm. wasn't how I wanted to do things, even though I am very in tune with my body Mm -hmm. more than I would like to be sometimes, but oh yeah. But I wanted to have the answers to back up my decisions because not only was I explaining this to my husband who was concerned for me and concerned for the baby. He wanted to make sure that everything was reasonable, Mm -hmm. but I had a hospital CNM that I actually really respected and appreciated. And I wanted to be able to tell her that I was prepared to handle this at home. Yeah. Um, That was something that was really important to me. And I understand that not very many people have that, but it was important to me. So that was part of not just intuitively working with my body and just trusting the process, but that does work for some people. Yeah. I think one of the biggest benefits, you kind of touched on the edge of it. One of the biggest benefits of making sure you are well-prepared and knowledgeable about the possible outcomes, positive and negative, is that Some people, and in certain areas, even though it is legal in all 50 states to do this, if a pediatrician finds out that you had an unassisted birth without, quote, proper medical care, they may not like that. (laughs) They may try to report that. And while as a previous foster parent, I know that DCFS is not going to do anything about it, it still is good and beneficial to be able to show that you are not being neglectful, that you were being educated and wise and smart about how you were going about it. So I think that is a huge benefit. And it's unfortunate that you kind of have to look at it that way. But especially in these industrialized cultures, not just America, but other countries as well, you do kind of have to be prepared to say, I actually know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. So funny, short side story, 
the pediatrician that we saw at the time was a little older man from Asia. Mm-hmm. And I actually had seen him as a baby myself, Aww. but we took MJ. She was our first unassisted. We took Mary Jane in for a one week check and he asked about the birth. And I was like, yeah, we had her at home unassisted. And he just kind of chuckled and he was like, back where I'm from, we have babies at home too, but we usually have someone there with us. <laughs> <laughs> so he just kind of, he, he kind of knew how I was at that point. So everything was fine, yeah. but that was a positive experience on that end of it too. That's awesome. Well, and at risk of sounding racist, which I'm not trying to be, but like Asian cultures are much more supportive of that intuitive type of caring for yourself. Right. They just are. I mean, that I love like ancient Chinese medicine and and that Eastern type medicine in general. Like I'm a huge fan of it. I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. And so it's just kind of funny that you say that because I'm like, oh, that that kind of tracks. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome. So moving on from what is unassisted birth, can we quickly talk about one of your unassisted births and how that went in your experience? Yeah. So MJ is she is nine now, <clears throat> but she was my first unassisted birth. And like I said, the the only midwives around were about two hours away. Mm-hmm. Wasn't going to deal with that. So one of my close friends at the time was playing doula for me. Okay. And I was 40 weeks. I want to say right on the dot with her, took a couple of naps, had some bloody show, but nothing was happening. So I let mm-hmm. my friend know. We also didn't have cell phones at the time. <laughs> so this is kind of a funny story. John had taken Trisha and Sean to the store, which was 20, 30 minutes away. Okay. I was home by myself with Amber. Amber was five. Okay. Five at the time. And so I was telling Amber, I'm pretty sure the baby's coming today. Why don't we do some dishes and then we're going to go upstairs and get the bedroom ready. So- I walked from the bathroom to the kitchen, had a contraction, Mm -hmm. the first one, and I texted my friend and I was like, hey, I think things are moving. So you had a cell phone? Oh, no. Okay. No. I called my friend. Sorry. We're all in the habit of saying text. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I called my friend and told her that things were happening. We did not have cell phones. So I called Sarah, told her that I thought things were moving. Let Amber know like, okay, yeah, I think things are going to be happening today. We're going to get some of these dishes done. I had one more contraction that had me doubled over, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, really, really hard contraction. And I looked at Amber and I was like, screw these dishes, honey. Let's go get upstairs ready. So we went upstairs. Amber was trying to be the best little doula that she could be. She was feeding me blueberries and we were talking Eventually, I did have to send her out of the room because we later learned MJ was posterior. So I was really struggling to focus through the contractions and just her being younger and like moving around was stressing me out a little. So I had to send her downstairs. My friend Sarah arrived. I had tried sitting in the bathtub. That was super uncomfortable. Tried sitting on the birth ball. Also super uncomfortable. So I ended up on my hands and knees on the bed 
Okay. And Sarah had come into the bedroom just as I was on, just as I had gotten on the bed. And I was like, I got to push. Like, I'm already feeling like I got to push. John and Sarah had gotten there at the same time. So John was downstairs with the other kids and it was like two pushes and she, Sarah said that she could see hair. Oh my gosh. Third push. I like didn't hold it while I was pushing. I kind of let go. Mm -hmm. And Sarah was like, oh, the hair disappeared. And I was like, okay, not doing that again. (laughs) So so it was only a couple more pushes and MJ was out really fast. Um, It was a really fast experience. It was only an hour and 21 minutes from that first contraction until when I was holding her. Mm -hmm. And I ended up sitting in a kind of funny position on the bed and it took a little while to birth the placenta, but we did get that out also. And Amber and John cut the cord and it was just like a really sweet little, little thing. Like Sarah was there with me and then John was there with me after, like he wasn't in the room when MJ was born. It was just me and Sarah. And then Mm -hmm. John came up right after and got to hold her right away too. And breastfeeding went great and awesome. You know, everything about the experience was just so much more on my body's terms than the previous hospital experience where my body wanted to do one thing and the hospital policy was trying to make me do another. Yeah. Well, and it just sounds so much more peaceful. Like as soon as the baby was out, it was peaceful and it was calm and no one's trying to take your baby from you and no one's trying to cut the cord and you're trying to fight them on it. And you know, no one's over there rubbing all the vernix off your baby or whatever, you know, it's just peaceful and it's calm and you're in your own space. Being in your own space is probably part of why it went so smoothly because you were comfortable and felt safe and secure. Yes. And then baby knows that. And that's just a really awesome story. I love it. Now, not all unassisted birds are going to go fast and smooth like that. (laughs) Right. If I told my story, it would sound super similar. So yeah, I don't want to get it in anyone's heads that unassisted birds are faster, but they do tend to be more comfortable, more smooth. It's easier to adjust to them. Baby has an easier time. You know, home birds in general just tend to be like that. And then if you feel very confident with an unassisted birth, (laughs) hello, friend. (laughs) If you feel very confident with an unassisted birth, then, you know, that's just going to help everything to go more smoothly. So that was perfect timing really with your little one coming in and saying, hi, anything you want to add before we finish up? No, I think that unassisted birth is a great choice for a lot of people, but of course it's not going to be for everyone. Right. And you know that and like you just mentioned not all of them are super fast and without any complication whatsoever mm-hmm. sometimes there are little things that come up and sometimes people do need to transfer and that's something that you need to make sure that you're prepared for so that you know what your comfort level is and when you start crossing that comfort level you make sure that you're doing what's best for you and your baby Absolutely. And then making sure that everyone in the room with you is comfortable too. I will say that a lot of doulas, probably most doulas will not attend an unassisted birth. Yeah. There's some training organizations that won't allow it. And there's, 
There's a considerable amount of doulas, doulas who have left their original training organization because of that too. Yeah, I know Dona doesn't allow it. Uh, and I know there's others out there. I will attend an unassisted birth as long as I feel yes. comfortable with the person's choices. And I know you yeah. would too if it came up. But just to be aware that there are some doulas who wouldn't want to attend and you want to make sure that everyone in the room is supportive and not going to bring in the nervous energy that you didn't want. Right. A really good tip that I just learned over the last few years is that people that are attending unassisted births are calling themselves birth keepers and not really identifying with the term doula. So for your listeners that aren't in your area, that might be helpful to be looking for a birth keeper as opposed to a birth doula. That is an awesome tip and an awesome tip to just kind of end on. So That was a great talk. I think it presents a really awesome option for a lot of people. Like you said, it's definitely not for everyone. I think the large majority of people want a care provider, but if you don't want a care provider or you don't have it as an option, you still have the option to birth unassisted. And as long as you are nice and prepared and in tune with your body, it can go really awesome. So thanks for being here, Nicole. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I loved this talk and listeners out there, I will link Nicole's information below if you want to reach out and have any questions for her. I will also link that herbal course below if you are interested in having a free birth and getting some training on that. And if you have any questions, reach out to me at contact at the naturalbirthsite.com. Also, if you feel up to it, go ahead and rate this podcast because that's super helpful for me. I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye. Hi, Rachel Manns again. If you want to learn more, please subscribe to this podcast and head over to my site, thenaturalbirthsite.com to check out my blog, shop, email list, and YouTube channel. Thanks. Hi, Rachel Manns again. If you want to learn more, please subscribe to and rate this podcast and head over to thenaturalbirthsite.com to check out our online natural birth education course, birth story blog, YouTube channel, and more.